right. Welcome in Wednesday, the 10th of March, one week until the bell rings free agency. It's the churn at the churn FF on Twitter. That's Connor Bods checking in at Connor Bods. I'm at JD Fran 14. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing good. We had some uh, pretty big, I feel like NFL news of really been coming out the last two days here with uh the franchise tag window closing at uh closing on tuesday got some uh quarterbacks getting resigned to pretty big contracts oh yeah um, so yeah very very exciting time a lot of news to talk about but uh, how are you doing joe i never ask how are you oh i'm good i'm one day away from the long a long three-day weekend nice the fantasy juices are flowing again with uh Good friend and idol at Scott Barrett putting out another league for charity. It's always good to mix a good cause with a good hobby. Yep. For the right hobby's reason. A, hobby's a good word to use. Good a good hobby, not a painstaking addiction that I suffer from. More so we'll we'll call it a hobby. So we'll we got that coming up. Hopefully, we'll see. A little blind bid. Hopefully representing from both parts of at the churn in our separate paths might be going toe to toe with you again. That would be an amazing, amazing prospect. Other than I think that, we'd have to, I think if, if we both get into the league, I think we would have to give like maybe not have a full segment on it. I think we'd have to give a little weekly updates, see how it goes. And I mean, just so people know, too, it would be a long draft, which I, I believe there would be what no timer on the draft. No timer, um, kind of how we did the melting pick. pot. Yeah, like you can sleep on it, if you will. Yeah. You could you could sleep on it. No timer at all, actually. I think and it's going to be a good segue into what we talk about later. Play as much Dynasty football as you can. It's 24-7 circus. The park's always open. Players are mm-hmm. always available. Always news to be had. Stonks. News-wise, free agency, I am... Oh, how do I describe this? Allen Robinson gets a tag. Hashtag free Allen Robinson. Chris Godwin staying home. I think the tag means more for, for him to get. Uh, he just gets to stay right right where you had thought he would be. Wide receiver market slims out, but I'm going to let you kind of interject here because I have a conviction I'm going to make. I'm going to make a take on the pod. I'm gonna let you go first before I before I do what I do. There is a lot of time left, so I'm not victory lapping. Um, I feel that this is kind of what I was thinking was happening: is that Godwin, in my eyes, was the much safer player to have, um, just because I trust his quarterback situation more. I had a feeling he was going to stay in Tampa, whether it be franchise tag or long term. Robinson, is he catching passes from Foles? Is he catching passes from Trubisky? Is he catching passes from Russell Wilson? Is he catching passes from Alex Smith? Like, we don't know. He could also get traded. Like, I have seen that idea kind of floated out there that maybe the Bears are just tagging him and they're going to trade him. And I see you're kind of like smirking over there. So let's let's hear this uh, this conviction that you have. Number one free agent still on the market is Allen Robinson. He just has a tag on him that says otherwise. This is just the beginning and what's going to be 
a whirlwind of emotions for Bears fans and Allen Robinson truthers. It will not be the last time you, you see his name in the news. I don't see him playing a snap for the Bears in 2021. That is my take. I'm going to, I'm going to let the ink dry. I'm going to speak it into existence. It's not the last time we hear from him. And I'm looking forward to seeing who throws him the football in 2021. So how about that? Now, let's say that they do pull off this trade for uh, Russell, Russell Wilson. Mm. Mm. You, I think then he's taking snaps for the Bears. So I want to rule it out that there's a 0% chance he plays for the Bears next year. I think mm. that's a bold take. But I have mm-hmm. a feeling they're going to upgrade. I don't know. I I think Russ does get moved. I don't know how, if that plays a role into it, but I think there's a lot of smoke coming out about Chicago. And you put Russell Wilson there. Obviously, Allen Robinson all of a sudden wants to stay. And I assume he probably takes a little bit less of a bag um, and stay. So I don't know. that Bears are interesting. Well, they'll probably end up signing Alex Smith to like a two-year deal with like $40 million. He's going to start and fans are just going to be stuck in this hell hole known as Chicago Bears quarterback play. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on Russ or like who do you think is actually going to be taking snaps for the Bears? Not Mitch Trubisky. That's MVP to you. Not Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. Alex Smith. Uh, Ru- Russell Wilson, I tweeted this out. Yes, most likely ends up on the Bears if he's moved. But it's a weird league. I don't know how confident. I'm more confident in saying, and this is just stupid at this point, Deshaun Watson to the Panthers than I am saying Russell Wilson to the Bears. I don't know if the Bears can pull off a trade, even if they want to, for Russ. And where do the Seahawks go at quarterback if they get rid of him? I think that there's a lot of – I think Russell Wilson is demanding a trade in his own way. You know how he's like kind of a weirdo? Not a weirdo. He's just like – Russell Wilson, like he's kind of corny. Like he cares a lot about his public image. And so I think he's like the way how he's kind of talking, he's like not flat out saying, no, trade me. I think he's like kind of tiptoeing the line. Like, Hey, you guys figure it out. And I don't know. I mean, it sounds like from what I've heard that the um, Seahawks are like actually answering the phone when teams call rather than like how the Texans are making a huge deal out of it and sending all them to voicemail. Like, the Texans are a joke, a joke. Seahawks, on the other hand, I'm not as sure. So I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if Russ gets traded before Deshaun. That's exciting. Yeah, it really is. I'm excited to be a fan of the game. Mm-hmm. Bells You're gonna be ring. Like Rob Lowe. You're going to be Rob Lowe. You're going to be putting on just the NFL cap. Have you seen that picture? Oh, I, is it the one where he's he's sitting in the stands and he's just wearing the NFL hat? He's oh, not wearing any teams? Oh. oh, 
<laughs> shout, out, shout out Rob Lowe if you ever if you ever hear this. Great yeah, person. I'm sure he's listening. Great actor too. Great actor. He's literally the best. Literally, my heart is beating a million miles per hour. Chris Rager. All right. That wraps up what I wanted to cover. Most importantly is to speak into existence on the record. A strong conviction about Alan Robinson. The goal of having you all join us here today was to take a little bit of a detour. We were going to do a coaching show. So all the fantasy footballers did the coaching show and said, well, we can't do that. So we just want to kind of have a humble experience here and talk lessons learned dynasty football, not redraft dynasty free agencies coming combine. Well, pro days are coming. NFL draft is coming. Startups are beginning again, like we just said, we, already are, are maybe in the prospects of joining another league. How do you feel about dynasty? I mean, I'd love, I, when I was playing that, like playing Madden as a kid, my favorite thing to do was always like the franchise mode and just doing fantasy drafts and just drafting a team and making it. And I would play it for like a week and then I'd be like, all right, I'm three years into this. Let's redraft and let's do it again. And I would just always make a new team. So for me, I, I really like the idea of it. And I mean, you and I are like kind of plugged into fantasy year round. And so it just kind of helps feed that addiction. I know you called it a hobby before I'll go out and say it's an addiction. Um, I just, I really like it. And I feel like it helps me with redraft, even though I haven't really done much these last two years. Um, but I'm kind of more in the know, I feel like in terms of players and have a better idea like, hey, like, this might be a young guy to kind of keep your eye on for like maybe not this year, but like in another year or two, just kind of remember the name and maybe like you take a flyer on him at the end of the draft rather than, hey, let's take the 35-year-old Adrian Peterson. Like that's kind of how I'm looking at it. How do you feel about it? Like are you kind of in the same boat or what are your thoughts? I, I love redraft. Don't get me wrong. Like I love the history of redraft. I love the leagues we have, right? Love going out to win a title. Love a clean slate every year. Love Dynasty. This is this year specifically, this spring. It's not spring yet. Where am I? Winter? It's March. March. We're in March. At, you I know what? Spring. I said it's spring. The... It's been nice out. It's been nice out. I not know. to go off the rails here, but it's been sunny in Connecticut. Daylight savings this weekend. Yeah. We're fine. We're f- Oh, we're, yeah, we're fine. Yeah. Okay, spring is on the horizon. I this is this is the most in touch with, and and I felt like I was in a great place last spring. I felt like I was in a great place the year before that. Felt like I've really been just like learning more, like learning the game, like learning fantasy. Yeah, especially when you being at your league was the first dynasty league that. I joined, it sparked like almost like that, just like that extra kick. Like it's a different strand of, oh, I won't say, I won't say marijuana because I don't partake. It's not a different strand of that. Like it might be for you. Like it's not like a different high. It's a different booze for me. 
you know, it ages a little bit better, like a fine wine, right? Those dynasty leagues, like if your team is built right, you're building success. And I think, too, why I like it so much is that even when you're having like a shit year, like if you suck and redraft, like, okay, like that's it. Like you're done. In dynasty, like if you stink, that could be <laughs> kind of like your plan. Not that could be part of your I plan just like going the way into you the said, year. If you yeah. if you stink, <laughs> that was good. Yeah, like <laughs> all of a sudden, all that you're walking away. You're like, hey, look, like 2020, 2021, like that's not my target year. I need to acquire as many younger assets as possible. Let me sell off my older guys, and let me just bring in a bunch of like who knows, a bunch of Darnell Moonies. Like a bunch of other, I don't know why he was the first guy I thought of in this scenario, and I'm trying to think of others, and I'm completely blanking. Donald Parham is another. Curtis Samuel. Yes, it's a wild just, card. Where's he gonna you, go? You get these guys, Lavisca Chanel, and mind you, these you are. gotta get Ian. I, we gotta get Ian Harditz on the next show. We love his guy. Well, they're kind of yeah. like our guys too. Uh, I mean, I have them. I, I mean, I have them in both leagues, just about. I think like I. So, but anyway, back to the point I'm making where it's like, yeah, even if it's a bad year, it's not a lost year. When in redraft, if all of a sudden you start off 0-6, you're staring down the barrel of 0-7, it's just like, yeah, your season's done and there's nothing to come back from to you. It's like, all right, I'm done playing. So dynasty, not as much in-season stuff. Um, In-season is maybe trading, but you're not kind of going off the waiver wire as much. But it just kind of helps feed that itch in the off-season, which I, I really enjoy because, like I said, it fellow fantasy addict i want to say hobbyist well i need to label myself as a hobbyist we we know how many fantasy football leagues i did this past season yeah and to <laughs> to put together i i know i was definitely overwhelmed um i like incrementally grew from like three leagues to five leagues to six leagues to eight leagues to i I think it was like 11 this past year. And that's not a lot in the grand scheme of like, if I was to join um, fantasy football ballers, like anonymous, I, I think, I, I don't think my level of intensity no. as much as I've seen. There's a guy in oh, one of, uh, one of my dynasties. I think he's in 30 plus dynasties. I've had people say that to me too. And I'm just like, that's insane. You won't every single player in the league if that's the case. So it's like, okay, cool. Look, like Saquon just ripped off this run, but look, I'm playing against him in this other league, but I have him in this league. And so it's just like, I, I can't, I won't ever be in that many where I think that I'm probably going to cap it off at what I'm at. If we get into this Scott Barrett league, like, yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll do that. But like, I'm in terms of like leagues that have my hundred percent undivided attention for dynasty, like, I'm not going outside the two that we talk about here on the pod just because I think it – I mean, the fantasy footballers say this a lot. It keeps them genuine, which I think is a really good point where it's like, yeah, I mean, people play fantasy to have fun with their friends and to just kind of help enjoy football. Where's the joy in it if, like you're saying, you have 30 teams and redraft, you pretty much have every single player in every single league, pretty much. Like you, you – I odds like odds are you have at least one to two shares of every single really good player. So it's just like how do you really decide when to pick and choose when to get excited? 
So uh, I can agree. And I was so analytical last year and I was <laughs> exhausted. So this is actually a great time to plug indeed.com. We do what's called insights trainings where basically there's green, yellow, red, blue, right? And based on this test you do, like questionnaire you do, you fall into the spectrum of green, red, yellow, blue. And red is more of like your all business, like very fiery personality, yeah. right? Get to the point. Yellow, super bubbly, right? Outgoing, talkative. And blue becomes a little bit more analytical. And then there's green, which is like, having a lot of like care, right? So just to, to summarize, I shine through as a very yellow person, very talkative, very outgoing, very friendly, like the enjoyment of my day to day. So when fantasy, be yeah, when fantasy became very blue, very analytical for me, I felt like I was exhausted by the Super Bowl. I was exhausted at the end of like week 17 was a big breath of fresh air. The excitement of winning leagues was definitely dumbed down. Like I was able to win a couple of leagues, but not as many as I wanted to based on the numbers. Like I felt and like I also, regressed as a player analytically and I was exhausted. And I will say too, like when you're in so many leagues, you're like, okay, I need to win X amount of leagues to like have a shot at breaking even on the year so you're just like okay i've spent x amount in all my entry fees and so i need to win league a b and c here in order to kind of break even even though it's like i get it you're paying in fantasy i always look at it hey i'm paying to have the fun for like a season um and so that's why i like to try to keep it slimmed down and i know for redraft this year i'm definitely going to be shrinking down my leagues like there's going to be some leagues where i'm just like hey guys like i'm sorry i can't do it this year yeah um that way i can just keep the passion and excitement in just a few leagues um because i think that makes the experience a lot better when you're playing with guys who you're super close with and like you're, you're playing for history into the team. yeah playing for history that's like the churns flagship league like that's that's kind of like what it is like and I think I've been addicted to like the chase of like continued success. Like the run, the run that I've been on, like on a personal level for like three to four years has been very good. I think not net, but like the total value of like prize purse is North of 10 grand in four years from, from fantasy. And yeah. for me, that's huge because what's like the input on a yearly basis, it's really not been that much until like last year got a little cuckoo, but then it's like, okay, it becomes more worth it because it's like, whoa, this is becoming, this is becoming like actionable. Like I'm, like I'm winning, I'm winning money. But now I'm hoping in 2021, I, the, the approach is going to be play the game, have mm -hmm. a little bit more fun and, and see if it, even if I regress a little bit, like if I'm just enjoying Sundays more, that's like the most important thing to me is like build your teams, like get your guys and have a little bit more fun along the way. Like it's good to win, but it's, it's also good to like, remember why you do fantasy. It's, there's a lot more about the why, like it's charity leagues, it's history, it's camaraderie. It's, it's, you know, the boys being together. 
Yeah. Boys and girls being together. My mother, my mother beat me in our Super Bowl in a in a family league this past year. Shout and out I, Mama D. I was, you know, never, never happier to lose, never happier <laughs> to lose the Super Bowl than it to be her in her first her first year. You know what I mean? Like, was able to teach her the game, help her out, and you know, me and Vim were in that league. My father's been doing it for a few years, but she beat us all, and that, that was amazing. You know, that's like the most important part about this stuff. And I derailed it. We were supposed to talk dynasty. We went down the redraft. No rabbit hole well, but no, i i just want to say too like that kind of leads perfectly into my first kind of tip and lesson that i learned where you need to remember at the end of the day this is still called fantasy football like this is meant to be fun um and i think you can kind of get into like all the numbers and everything behind the guys behind the players um but at the end of the day if you don't like the player you, you can get rid like you can get rid of them. If there's a guy who you really, really enjoy playing, who's on your team, who you say, Hey, look, like I, I completely overvalue and that's fine, but I'm never trading him just because on Sundays I love watching him play. I have so much fun, whether it be Mahomes, Lamar, Saquon, George Kittle, like all those guys, like if they're your guys, like you don't need to overthink it. You're just like, okay, I have a lot of fun. I'm here to have fun. You know, what makes it fun on Sundays watching my favorite players. So, yeah, it's okay to overvalue guys and think that, like, and just to hold them up to a standard, which no one else in the league does. Like, that's okay. Don't let anyone else bring you down just because you really, really enjoy them. And that's what, like, we're here for. We're here to have fun. Yeah, I love that. Like, every how every weekend, it wasn't just about having Kyler Murray on my melting pot dynasty and in, in TBA. It was literally just about texting you all Sunday long about how Kyler Murray was playing because he's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch outside of the man, the man on the wall behind me, Justin Herbert. Um, You know what I mean? Like stuff like that, like being bought in on a guy like Alvin Kamara and just being like, yeah, I need him on my team because I love him and he's sick to watch and like have him on your team. I think that's like, you can't forget about that. Like George Kittle is never leaving my my dynasty team because George Kittle is yeah. a freak of nature, and it's like, yeah, it's like sick having. It's fun, fun watching him play. Yeah, that... you, as soon as you get rid of him, as soon as you trade him away, you're just going to be watching him on Sundays, and you're going to be like, I wish that that seventy yard touchdown catch and run he had. I wish I got the points for that because he's like, I enjoy watching that. So, and also at the same time, it's like, let's be smart. Like, don't just like. Don't be like me and just form an obsession with Dante Pettis. Um, <laughs> it's like, it, yeah, no, still be smart about it. But no, Dante Pettis, um, if you know, you know, that's one of my guys. He forever will be. He's on the Giants. I hope we re-sign him. He caught a touchdown this year. That was pretty cool. Do I have any hills that I die on? No, because you've been too analytical this year. In terms of like keeping my guys, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I think for you, your big thing was—I mean, you talked about it was Kamara this year. Um, I'm just talking about like those guys, like Dante Pettis, like dynasty wise. I don't necessarily feel like I have the guy that you're not going to get off my team, even though like he's not really like useful, you know? Yeah, you'll get there. I think everyone will get there, and they will have that guy at some point. It's going to be um, DJ thing. Moore for me. It's going to be. But he's good. DJ Moore is a monster. We are, again, very much a pro DJ Moore podcast. Um, 
is just a stud. Joe and I will send each other random stats from Pro Football Focus about how good he is, and we'll just like be very happy together. Your your, your dynasty roster definitely needs to tell a story, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. I'm looking at my bench in Melting Pot. I just picked up Alex Collins. He's a you brought up Madden. Alex mm-hmm. Collins is my third running back on my Madden team every year because he's a good yeah. football player. He just falls forward. And he just every does time not he scores, have a he team. does an Irish he does an Irish jig every time. Every time that's my guy. JD yeah. McKissick is gonna be one of my new under the radar favorite guys too because of what he did for me this past season. PPR yeah. wise. And I mean that's the other thing too. It's like, yeah, you're gonna be loyal to these guys over time. Ryan like Fitzpatrick me, won me a Super Bowl. Yeah. I still remember Odell. I had him his rookie year in TBA. That was the one championship I've won in that league. In week 16 against the Rams, he caught like a 70-yard touchdown in the third quarter, which iced the game for me. And as a Giants fan, as well as a like having him in the butter, I'm just like all in. I'm like, okay, this is my favorite player. Um, and yeah. We'll see if he gets back there. Oh, no. Dude, Kyle claimed Dante Pettis two days ago in Dynasty. <laughs> What a bastard. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, I've been I've been saying this often. It's one of my lessons learned. Play as much dynasty as you can. Do startups, do mock drafts, get in leagues that have longevity. You have to really play and make mistakes. And like learn how to make mistakes before you like, I I don't know. Yeah. And I think too, it's like we are for redrafts. So we're going on year 10, right? Of butter. That's amazing. Well, so think about it. Where were we 10 years ago as like fantasy players compared to where we are this year? You got to think like, we know so much more now. And now obviously we have more dynasty knowledge because of our, obsession with fantasy that kind of came about from the butter which is where this podcast gets its name from um but i think that we'll be looking back in a few years from now and we're just like yeah man i really shouldn't have traded all those picks to take lamar jackson in the first round of the Superflex startup draft at pick four like i gave up too much but that's something where like you got to learn the lessons like you need to learn but that's what's nice about dynasty it's like I was saying it earlier, if you make that mistake, the season isn't lost. Like you can recover and you just build them for the future when you make these mistakes. So it's always just kind of constantly evolving, which I like. Yeah. I I can, I can see so many cracks in, and like the trades I've made in, in dynasty. Oh yeah. The dynasty league. Like I get it. Like I, I, I won the, the first season, but like, what was the DJ chart trade? Wayne Gallman. <laughs> I had Barkley. No, I get it. I get it in the moment. No, it makes had sense. Herbert. Just, How about no. Herbert in the moment? Like, yeah, that's just bonehead. That's just bonehead play by me. Uh, as soon as they got Russell Wilson, he just went, he went, fell off a cliff. Yeah. See, like production wise, but like trade often, Make mistakes early to stop making mistakes later. Like, don't just trade because it looks really good in the moment. 
think about your team, like build your team, like have a have team, a have a plan. Yeah. Have a yeah, plan. Whether, and it's like, whether you're like, Hey, this is kind of, I guess this is my third and this is my second tip would be just like, have a plan. Whether you're going into the season, you're like, Hey, look, like I really think my team this year can go, can go for it. Like, let me trade away my young guys and let me go for these more established vets. Like, let me trade away these rookies. Take a shot. Like, let me go trade for a guy like Adam Thielen, who's probably closer to the end of the career than he is the beginning. But you know what? Mm. He's going to put up value every week. And so, I know. but if you're just kind of going through it, just going through the motions and you're like, okay, let me trade for Adam Thielen. But then also let me go trade for Cam Akers. And like, obviously he's good, but you kind of get what I'm saying where it's like, just have an idea kind of stick to it. Um, with how you're building your team rather than just kind of like throwing shit at the wall and hoping that it sticks. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I feel like I, I got my bearings with the melting pot. Like the team st- tells a different story than just the mishmash that's going on with Dynasty right yeah. now. That, that I mean, roster, what do you mean? I mean, I'm just saying you won Dynasty, like, you won the first season of it, and like, yeah, your roster doesn't look great right now. But I mean, I don't look see like the Eagles in real life. Yeah, like, like uh, it's not telling me do- the story that I want to hear. That says, no, this team is built for like, at, like long term success. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I, that's where I'm at. Like, law. Like, not a lot of picks. You get FOMO around draft time. Yeah, when you don't have a lot of picks because nothing's exciting mm-hmm. about the scouting that you're doing. No, because it's like, why am I going to scout these guys? Because I know <laughs> I'm not going to be a part of it and I'm not going to be getting these guys anyways. That's why I'm going to pick up another startup and go and draft yeah. as many of these guys as I can. <laughs> like an- another lesson that I've learned in the startup, take like five or six flyers on rookies. So oh, you yeah. have them. Evan, Evan Ortiz in, in the melting pot had, uh, let's just go to his roster. Cause you know, he hasn't traded anybody in a 33 round startup. DeAndre Swift, Chase Claypool, Claypool, Justin Herbert. Miles Gaskin was a good hit, too. Tua. Is Michael Thomas on the bench? Um, he, he like he drafted enough. Oh, and Cole Komet, too, is another tight end name that yeah. might pop up. He drafted so many people, like, late rookie wise and he nailed them like if you make enough picks in your startup that are like young rookies if you nail it early you have a player now that's a core piece of your team and and other people become more expendable it's like how you get more draft capital or whatever it is that you're looking to do and you're year to year like i think that's important like if your draft in a startup needs to be like 33 percent rookies 33 percent like core depth players and like 33% bets. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I will say too, going over to dynasty, like Rack took DK Metcalf in the eighth at the end of the eighth. And I remember thinking like, Oh, that might be a little bit early in the draft when it happened. But looking back now, I mean, he's what a top 15 draft pick right now in startups. If you're doing non-super flex, like, so it's just crazy that it's like, Hey, like I, I get it now. Like, yeah. You need to take some risks on these rookies um they're not all gonna hit trust me they're i don't think i really hit on any of mine in dynasty i mean jacobs yeah i hit on him um but like in the startup draft i took a bunch of young guys 
I didn't really hit on any of them besides Jacobs. So like, you're going to hit on some, you're going to miss on others. Yeah. I will say, um, super flex. We, we picked some of the experts brains brains on this in the 1% league after the run, I was able to put together on the melting pot. And this is recency bias, but I am definitely overvalue overvaluing starting quarterbacks in Superflex dynasties oh, yeah. moving forward. Like without Kyler and without end of year, like Hurts being able to fill in the spot a couple weeks. Like I felt like I wouldn't have got there because I didn't have star running back play. I had good, not great receiver play and I had decent tight end play, but like, I felt like it was only able to made happen. Cause I had rocks like cornerstone pieces at quarterback, kind of like you do with yeah. Mahomes and, and Lamar. Like you paid a lot for it in year one, but now you get to build on it and build around it. And those are two good pieces. Yeah. Have. And so that's, and I was just going to mention, like, on my team, obviously, like, I'm not trying to suck my own dick or anything like that, but I really like where I am going forward because I'm looking now at draft board. So let's just say this is obviously a very quarterback heavy, like, year in the draft, in the real draft. All right. But they're saying Lawrence, number one, Wilson or Fields, number two. The other one of them is probably going to go top five. They're saying Lance could go top 10. They're saying Mac Jones can go top 10 to top 15 in the real draft. Now, where is this putting guys in the rookie drafts? We'll see when we get there, but you got to think there's at least, what, three to five that go in the first round of rookie drafts based on the based on where they're taken in the NFL draft. So all of a sudden now, yeah, I didn't have a first this year. I picked, I have the 12th pick of the first round, and then I have the first pick of the second round. I'm like looking at mock drafts. I'm feeling pretty good about the guys who I could be able to grab there. They're guys who would normally be available pick six, pick seven in non-super flex. So it's a lot easier, let me tell you, to get in super flex at least to get any other position than quarterback. So I, I'm with you. I think I'm overvaluing them. I mean, I did it last year in melting pot. I'm still, I'm not, I'm not taking back that trade I made for Lamar. Did I maybe give up too much? Maybe, but you know what? I don't have to worry about quarterback for another couple of years. Who has a better year? You or Marty? Um, he has picked two. I have picked three. So technically, technically, uh, I tell you I what, with the bushel, season. the bushel of treasure that you sent him and we'll see what happens in year two, but kind of like, uh, what does he have? CEH, Eckler, Drake, guys like that. Yeah. And I mean, he made a lot of. Dude, let's go. If we're going by points four, why can't I even just find the standings? Um, here I'm going through sleeper right now. I mean, points four though wise, he he outscored me. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean he's in. I mean he's screwed though a quarterback. <laughs> and you won't be screwed yeah, at quarterback exactly. for years I don't have to, to worry come. about it. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. I think he got a little bit too cute trading away my picks. I think he would have been better just to kind of hold on to him, but he wanted to maneuver. He could have had pick two and three, but he may not have ended it pick two. We'll see like how things would have shaped out. That's kind of like what it could have, should have. Yeah. Um, but 
it's interesting though. I'm with you. I think quarterbacks going forward really need to be valued properly in super flex. And honestly, if you overvalue them, like that's totally fine. Just again, it's easier to get any other position than this quarterback right now. You could hoard quarterback and get offers left and right. You can yeah. hoard tight end and try and just nail the next Travis Kelsey and super flex tight end premium, mind you. Because we saw some X factor type weeks this this past season. Oh, that's another thing too. Like if I was able to put out like my last le- like lesson, right? Try different formats. Get engaged yeah. with a new way of playing fantasy in redraft and in dynasty. Dynasty superflex tight end premium. It's not normal. It's not the normal, but it was the most balanced way to play i've ever seen yeah and i i'll actually say too i think superflex is starting to become the norm for dynasty and i think it makes sense i mean you've actually valued quarterbacks properly like mahomes would go number one in any nfl draft like if you were to do a startup like just redraft the entire league i don't even think it's close and i think in superflex leagues now you have to take Mahomes. so i think it, it better properly values quarterbacks um and then the benefit of doing the tight end premium for anyone who's wondering, pretty much like running backs aren't going to win you that league. Like running backs will help you win the league, but you can get by. Joe was saying it. Like you can get by if you have sub, you have average running back play, like redraft or in a regular league with one quarterback. If you don't have the running backs, you're not winning. Be- because of the depth of roster and most super flex tight end premium leagues, 10 roster spots seems about the norm. Yeah. Like if you have the number one running back on your team, it's not a league winner, like redraft where it's one quarterback, regular tight end scoring a kicker defense, right? If you still play with those, like, like we do in some leagues, Alvin Kamara can lead the way in a roster like that. Cause he's like one seventh of your skill players, one sixth of your core roster. In melting pot, everybody can score. There's no kickers. There's no defense. Good. And he's one. He's one tenth of your points for. So if you have nine other yeah. spots, absolutely doing nothing for you. It doesn't matter. But you have to build your. You have to have building blocks at each position. You have to have young tight end prospects. Have to have good vet receivers. Good flex depth with with receivers. Good young prospects there got to have running backs and you have to nail the running quarterback. I almost said quarterback. You have to nail the Konami code, the cheat code of fantasy football, which is a running quarterback right now. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we're seeing it this year. All these quarterbacks in the draft are athletic. I mean, Mac Jones, maybe not as much, but all these guys can move. And I think it's just the future of the position. So he's going to be a good real football player. He might not be fantasy relevant, but Mac Jones is going to be a good football player. We'll see. I mean, if he's a good quarterback, I mean, he'll be he'll have fantasy relevancy, which will be good. Um, I just want to say kind of looping back to Joe's first tip is going to be mine. Um, my third one here is just one of the biggest things I've learned is like, don't be afraid to lose a trade. You kind of hit on this earlier, but like, don't feel like you need to win every single trade because you're never going to get a trade done. Like, especially early in dynasty leagues, guys are trying to put feelers out. They're trying to figure out like, Hey, what kind of like 
what kind of manager is this guy? Like, what is it that we're working with here? He's like, I don't want to be the guy who like comes off as, oh yeah, I'm going to be the guy who gets like screwed over in every single trade. Well, at the same time, like if you lose a trade to someone, uh, they're probably going to be more likely to want to trade with you in the future. Like this is like the real NFL. You kind of need to build up these relationships with these other managers in your league. And it's like, yeah, if I take a loss on a trade, that's fine. I don't care. Like I'll just make another move, which is kind of my next thing. I just kind of combine it into one pretty much just talking about trading. If you lose a trade, who cares? Like, that's fine. You move on to the next one and you just kind of keep growing. Don't fall victim to like the sunk cost fallacy. Like just because you overpaid for a player doesn't mean you then need to overvalue that player. Like you still need to just value them properly. If you overpaid for someone and you want to get rid of them and you're getting nickels, you're getting like pennies on the dollar. It's like, you need to get rid of them. Like that's what you got to do to improve your team. So I would just say, don't, don't let a one bad trade ruin your team. Mm. What you're going to say, I'm going to finish it right off for you. Every player is available at any point. Every draft mm-hmm. pick is available at any point. Make a mistake. Go find the next mistake. Keep making mistakes yep. until you make no more mistakes. I have that note written there. And I feel like those are really great closing lessons tips from a- amateur to it's starting to get to that intermediate level of dynasty play we're not film experts yet not dynasty experts yet per se but we're getting there and this is what we've learned so far if you refuse to learn as you go if you refuse to like accept that the game changes you will let you will get left behind in fantasy so i do want to say real quick too like we did get some feedback from some of our league mates and i just wanted to kind of put theirs out there um so i'm just trying to bring it up right now i should have had it up that's on me pretty much um from one of our league mates kyle he was just like he's it's taught him a lot more about college football um it's forced him to kind of learn a little bit more about players and also like i mean he had to learn the hard lesson of how to value draft picks properly like he traded away first round pick for greg olson um which is very much like a very very funny thing but as commissioner i was like yeah we i I gotta let this go through like he's an idiot but he has to learn his lesson so and i didn't think it was like something that would ruin the league or anything like that so i kind of let it go through um but he that was the one thing he said um i'm trying to find Cass sent me one. You couldn't find the tweet, too. I felt like I had trouble finding that tweet thread again. Yeah, hold on. Let me see here. Let's go. All right. So this is what from um, That's My Sports Podcast. What Aaron Cass told us. Go give them a follow, listen, download. Um, He told me, this is what he said back to the pot. He said, emotions are the biggest factor, can't have any, and also have patience on certain players, which I think is a good thing. But yeah, it's like, don't let huge. one bad week, yeah, like, don't let one bad week completely sway your opinion. While at the same time, like, don't go overpaying for a guy because he has one super good week. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he's right, too, with having the patience where it's like, I think we saw that. I fell victim to this with Justin Jefferson. I did it with Cam Akers where it's like, yeah, rookies aren't always going to perform like Justin Jefferson stunk week one and two and I traded him away in dynasty and like look at him right now he's what a top five wide receiver in dynasty 
formats, maybe 10, whatever. But regardless, I mean, he's a superstar. So, yeah, I mean, those are all really, really good points from Cass. Just, again, don't let your emotions kind of make you blow up your team or, or make, like, overpay for someone. Don't do it. Um, yeah. But you don't do it because you know what I'm you know why I'm grinning. I know. And I think he learned he learned the lesson. I think that's, he would admit that, it. He learned it. Like he he had a rough couple of weeks to start off this season. And I think he made a bunch of trades. Now he's going in the right direction. I think he's he's got a plan. He, he's acting on it. I mean, he said himself, trust the process. So we'll be good. It's just yeah, I mean, he learned that lesson. Both these guys, though, I mean, I <laughs> we point back to when they need to learn that, like where they learned the lesson. Kyle, yeah, the first round pick for Greg Olson, cats, the trade bonanza that he that kind of got kicked off. That was fun. The, that was fun. This, oh, no, that was a great. But see, that's the other thing too, where it's like, hey, have fun. I think have the fun. league had fun. I'm sure Cass had fun. Kind of like, hey, I'm gonna reshape my team on the fly, and he went week two with one team, week three with a completely different one. So. All in all, I mean, I think these are all really good lessons, and I'm sure we'll kind of be dropping nuggets in throughout the offseason. Um, I know we're going to plan to do more of a redraft focus one as we get closer to that season, but right now, I mean, we're not we're rushing it. Fantasy. We'll yeah, I mean, there. if we're talking fantasy in March, it, it's dynasty. It's just the time of year it is. So, all right. 8 48 p.m. What about 48 minutes here today? You got any other thoughts? Um, no, all I'm saying is a penny saved, a penny earned. Chris Carson hitting free agency. Sounds like it's Rashad Penny time, baby. Let's go. <laughs> End scene. Thank you for joining us again at the churn FF. That's Connor Bods, Rashad Penny truther, local Stratonite. I am at JD Fran 14, Commission D Fran. We will see you next week. 